Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And we're in, I think, our 19th or 20th year here, and very excited to always bring you such positive and amazing guests. And today is no exception. My guest is Cynthia Barlow. She is a leadership coach, facilitator, and author of several books, including co-author of the international best-selling book, Resilience. It's not about bouncing back. And today she's actually written, it's, it's really... um. It's really like a memoir. It's, um, it's inspired by the passing of a dear friend taken by cancer. She explores the nature of love and loss and life in this moving memoir called Four Fridays, Lesson Learned by Letting Go by Cynthia Barlow. Welcome, Cynthia. Thank you, Patricia. Lovely yeah. to, to be a guest on your show again. It's always yeah. a pleasure. Yeah, I feel that way too. And I want to tell you. May I insert something? May I insert something right off the top? Sure. Sure. Uh, The the title has been expanded to Four Fridays with Christina. And so I just wanted to let your listeners know it's not just Four Fridays, it's Four Fridays with Christina. Okay. All right. Good. We'll talk about that. And at some point, I want to talk about. Your other book, Resilience, It's Not About Bouncing Back, because right now, what we're all going through with COVID, we all need resilience. And you can probably talk about that and weave it into our interview. So let's. the first question is, um, obviously, your deep friendship with Christina and the loss of cancer forms the basis of this book. You met over 30 years ago in Baltimore. She obviously had a huge... Um, effect and, and impact on you in so many ways. What was she like? You know, Christina was larger than life, but she was uh, a, a, a quiet, elegant lady. She There was nothing loud, despite her size. She was understated. She was calm in crisis. She was about 5 foot 10, but she looked about 6 foot 6. Uh, she just carried this presence. Uh, short blonde hair. I always said she was the poster child for uh, the Scandinavian race. <laughs> she did blonde, yeah. long legged, strong, and just one of the people of this planet who I feel we've all been touched by someone like her. You know, they're, they're quiet in their way of giving. Mm. Um, but she made a difference for a lot of people. It wasn't large. I mean, she wasn't an Oprah, right, uh, who's making a difference in the lives of thousands, and everybody knows about it. It's the quiet, smallest gestures that are most meaningful, I think. And she was the kind of person who noticed and then would fill a small need. So I always felt very special in her presence. And I think everyone who was a friend of hers felt that same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Very yeah. special. She was a lovely, lovely woman just and funny and a great sense of humor. So how did that turn into a book? Good question. You know, our journey together, Christine and I met in Baltimore, yes, but our lives, and that was only four years that we overlapped 
She was there on contract. I was raising children. Uh, and over the course of the years, then she left. She went on to a different contract. She was uh, working uh, for designing upscale retirement homes and communities for for uh, people all over the United States. So she was very, uh, very committed to the to the the study of geriatrics and how to take care of people as they age. So she built her house when she finally retired. She went off on her way. I went off on my way. I ended up in Canada. She ended up in Mexico. But over the years, over the course of 30-some years, we continually saw each other. And then I suffered um, a near-death experience with carbon monoxide poisoning, quite accidental. Mm. <laughs> you know, went to sleep one night, didn't wake up the next. And uh, it, it, she swooped in and brought me down to Mexico to help me recover. Mm. And that was in 2008, I guess. So when she contracted cancer and was on her way out, um, I kind of wanted to do the same thing for her. I couldn't swoop her away. She was being very well cared for in Mexico. But I went down there to spend whatever time I could before she was in too much pain to be able to communicate. And so I I spent the last month of her life with her, Mm. just about. And and I came back on the, I think it was the 29th of January or somewhere around there, I forget. And she died on February 1st. Mm. And, um, And so, you know, she was... Walking and communicating and, and fine in that she wasn't fine, but she was alive until she wasn't, yeah. which I yeah. found interesting. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so what happened was it, it, the whole thing about writing a book, everybody says they're going to write a book, you know. Um, it's the number one thing everybody says they want to do that they haven't done. And I already had, and I didn't, I don't know what made me write this. I think it was just a way to process my grief. Mm-hmm. And to make sense of it and kind of, um, if you will, cauterize my wound. Mm-hmm. And so um, it turned mm-hmm. into a book in three months. Who knew? Right. That I, makes and, sense. And it's been very well received. And you know what? Uh, I've, it was so much fun to write. Yeah, it. it, How is it like? And it reminds me of the you know Sundays with Maury. Similar. Oh, that's high praise. Thank you. Say that again. I missed the tail end of yeah, the comment. Sundays with Maury. The the book with Maury. The, the what, was mm-hmm, it called? Sundays mm-hmm. with Maury. Is that what it was called? It's it, Tuesday. It was actually Tuesday, but who cares? It was Tuesday <laughs> with Maury, and that it's the same kind of thing. Of I had limited time. I wanted to milk it dry. I wanted to notice everything, and I wanted to somehow chronicle it. And then my laptop died while I was down there. And that became this whole analogy for letting go of her, uh, of letting go of my dependence on all these electronic things. I mean, here you and I are connecting right now over electronic devices. Mm -hmm. But in the middle of a little fishing village in Mexico, it's a little hard to find parts and (laughs) do that kind of thing. So... I it began a journey of really introspective um, it, when Cynthia, a, a, a reckoning in my life of what yeah. what do I need to live and function and what don't I what have I become dependent upon through laziness you know hmm. 
Because she was a role model, it sounds like, for being fearless. I mean, that's what I'm getting from what you're saying. She was a role model. She was my big sister, spiritual big sister, and being the eldest of six myself, I don't have one. <laughs> I don't have a yeah. big sister. To look at. Yeah. She was it. And, yeah. well, and she, she had gone back to the land. She was a U.S. citizen, as am I, and we ended up in different countries through work and just life choices. But she went um, as far away from the big city stuff as she could get. And developed a whole community in this yes. little fishing village down in, yeah. in um, the western coast of Mexico. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that, it, she was a role model. You know, I, I have to say when you're saying that, it just reminds me of when I interviewed Dan Butner, who wrote the book Blue Zones. And he's a National Geographic uh-huh. explorer. And he traveled around the world to find the healthiest people on the planet who are healthiest and happiest. And mostly these places were rural Small villages like Sardinia, Loma Linda, California, you know, different islands. And that same thing, tremendous community. People, you know, moved a lot and exercised and had fresh air and ate fresh food right off the land and were, you know, family to each other. And, um, you know, that's what it sounds like from everything you're saying. Yeah. What did did people say to you? What People who've read the book. What are the comments you're getting when you say it touches people? How? I didn't expect a question like that. Wow, I get to brag a little bit. Thank you. Good. Um, you know, what people have said to me, those that I, with whom I've actually spoken who've read it, have all said, well, I'm going to give you a couple of comments I've heard multiple times. One, I loved it. I didn't want it to end. There were a couple wow. of people, very good friends, close, close friends. I mean, you know, we're talking primary friendships. Two months after my book had come out, and I knew they had purchased it, I, you know, I finally said, hey, have, have you read it? Have you? I don't want it. I put it down because I love it so much. I want it. I want it to extend some other. And then other people said, I really hate you. For two nights, I didn't do anything but read your book. I mean, I just mm-hmm. stayed up all night and read it. So... I, what was it? I'm what was glad. it that captured them? Several things. Well, several people actually knew Christina. So let me remove from those who actually knew her and felt I honored her well and move to people who did not know her, who read the book, who I do not know personally, who, from whom I have heard or gotten a note or some such. They have said they learned so much about little things they hadn't thought of. Uh, Terry Cheney, who was just in People magazine and she wrote the bestseller Manic, a memoir. She's bipolar and she used to, she was a, a, a lawyer for the Hollywood stars. She, she met and, you know, worked with, uh, Michael Jackson way back. And she chronicled her journey and on, uh, just, I don't know what got into me. I may be Christina's spirit of bravery inhabited me for one evening, and I reached out and wrote her a, a note and said, would you be willing to take a look at my book? You know, I know it's a big ask. You don't know me, and you're a best-selling author. Mm-hmm. She not only read the book, she read the book mm. in two days. Mm. And she wrote me and, and said, I have tears in my eyes. I read the wow. book. 
through tears. She said, you've written a masterpiece, and it is so illuminating. I'm, I'm in awe. I just, I was flabbergasted, flabbergasted. Now, she's a best-selling author. I'm going to take that and go to the bank. It doesn't matter how many people read this book to me. I wrote this book in honor of Christina and as a way mm-hmm. to put it out to the world mm-hmm. that there is something else beyond the physical. Uh, not to get all heavy, deep, and real, but I do believe that, that her energy has not disappeared. It's just transformed and gone elsewhere, wherever that is. And I, I personally believe that our energies will well, you know, I, I want to again somewhere. Yeah, we have a few minutes, just a few minutes to break, but I want to say that there's something in the way that you wrote this, and I think for people who are aspiring writers or people who have a story, it sounds like you really hit the emotions of so many people. You know, the the raw emotions of what friendship is, what is strength, what is struggle, what is hope. And you obviously were able to really show that in a way that touched people and maybe help them resonate in their own lives. I think you've you've hit the nail on the head very succinctly and, and articulately. The idea of pain, it, it occurred to me as I left that it is it is not the triumphs and the and the, and the hopes that unite us uh, in humanity, I mean one to another. We meet other people in their pain. I know, and I, I like to think of myself as fairly well-educated and, you know, trying to move, evolve, whatever that means, in some way and get better at this thing called life. But, you know, somebody wins the big lottery and the first thought I have is, why not me? You know, or that kind of thing. That's just, I think we, we don't meet in each other's successes like we meet each other in our pain. And every person that I have ever met has lost someone they loved. Uh, and, and we can, they resonate with that pain of loss. The secret is, of course, and what I'm trying to do in the book, is, is paint the other side of the loss. You know, it's a two-sided coin. If you're going to love, you're going to experience loss. It, it, you, you don't get to separate the heads and the tails. Anybody who's ever had a pet and then lost, that pet, and then gotten another pet, <laughs> you know what you're going in. You, you know going in, you're going to lose that pet. Chances are, you know, you'll outlive him. And so I wanted to give people permission, if you will, to express their own pain, to meet in that pain, but then to find, and this is the key, purpose within it. Right. Pain without purpose hurts like hell. Pain with purpose is somehow transmuted. It is alchemical. It changes what goes on inside us. Mm-hmm. And it, it can become the fuel to persevere through the pain and come out on the other side, right. speaking of resilience, not bouncing back. That would just get you back to center. But bouncing forward, you know, of, right. of, yeah, of being better than you were when right, exactly. you that. All right, Cynthia, we're yeah. going to take a break. I know it's, uh, you know, it's just, 
and how passionate you are about this and how important this is for people because it's part of your other work in terms of your book on resilience. So I think you've brought yeah, that into the book. Um, we're going to take a quick break. My guest is Cynthia Barlow, and her new book is Four Fridays with Cynthia. Now, Four Fridays, right, with Cynthia, Lessons Learned by with Letting Christina. Go. Christina. I'm oh, sorry, Christina. I apologize. That's all right. <laughs> Well, I have Cynthia on, so it is. (laughs) Cynthia Barlow is a leadership coach, facilitator, and author of several books, including co-author of the international best-selling book, Resilience, It's Not About Bouncing Back. And this is an uplifting story full of laugh-out-loud lines, sassy insights, and well-won wisdom. And Four Fridays with Christina will leave you feeling more invigorated and grateful for your life, the people in it and the moments that matter most. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. We will be right back with Cynthia Barlow right after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. 
Hi, everyone, and welcome back. I'm Patricia Raskin. Welcome back to the second segment of uh, the Patricia Raskin Show, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Um, as, as you saw in the first segment, have on a wonderful guest, Cynthia Barlow, who's a leadership coach, facilitator, and author of several books, including co-author of the international best-selling book, Resilience, It's Not About Bouncing Back. Her new book is Four Fridays with Christina. Lessons Learned by Letting Go. It is an uplifting story of insights and wisdom. And it was inspired by the passing of her dear friend taken by cancer. And she explores the nature of love and loss and life and death in this irreverently moving memoir. Welcome back, Cynthia. Thanks. So, you know, one of the things that... um, I'm actually looking at the book right now. Something called, one of your chapters is The Great Purge. And you have these yeah. acts. I love you, but what a mess. Somebody else make the damn decisions. Whatever, blanket, back to bed. So kind of like, you know, purging. Talk about that chapter and so that part of the book. Oh, you're funny. Um, that is right in the middle of the book. And uh, what happened... I suppose this is normal for all people uh, who are looking at a horizon that's shortening dramatically. They start mm-hmm. to look around their space and go, what needs to, what is it that only I can do before I leave this space? What mm-hmm. is it that is left undone in my life? What are the nagging things that I said to myself, oh, I'll get to that one day? And so <laughs> that seemed to show up most dramatically for Christina anyway, with the cleaning out of her a huge closet area underneath the stairs of this magnificent home that she had built and in which she ran a bed and breakfast. And so there was all kinds of surprise and everything. So what, the other thing that occurred, I need to put this in here to make any sense of it, I am so long, I'm going to try and truncate this, but many, many years ago, my youngest sister married a man. He had a younger sister. She was only mm, 10 years old when I met her, and I met her at my wedding, or whatever. I forget how I, I met her at, oh, at my younger sister's wedding. She's now in her 40s. She ended up attending one, well, two of the retreats that I have written and run and have done that for 25 years. One of them is the trust program, and the follow-up is called the joy class because I am incredibly clever at naming classes, as you can tell. So we mm-hmm. have the trust program and the joy class. <laughs> I never was good at the you know, fancy-dancy names. And so she showed up in Mexico where I ran the joy class in 2009 or 10, and that's how she met Christina. Well, Mm. Christina had never had a daughter, Mm. and Joy is her name. Her name is actually Joy, and Mm. Joy, Joy's mother had died when she was nine or eight, and so Christina became her adopted mother, and Joy became Christina's adopted daughter, so Joy was there this whole time. She was the person holding Christina's hand and watching her die every day. 
She was the person who was there along with her son. Uh, Christina had one grown son who held her hand when she took her last breath. Not me. Joy. And that's the way it's supposed to be because the full circle of this was more than any Hollywood writer could have planned. Mm. And so... The truth, and I don't want to reveal because it's kind of one of the reveals at the end of the book why it's so important. Um, and I'm not going to tell you either because I know you haven't got quite to that part in the book yet. So right. I'm going to leave it to the reader to discover why it is so remarkable that those two were brought together. That's the backdrop. The great purge, to finally get around to answering your question. What joy <laughs> saying, all right, Lady Christina, we are going to do this. We are going to get it done. We are going to clean this thing out. And when joy gets into motion, she's just a little steamroller now. She's, not, she's about five feet tall. Christina's six, six, but they look like they could be mother and daughter. <laughs> and so, so, so this purge went on all day, and it got to the point where I just sat back and watched I couldn't participate because no matter how I tried to help, Joy had another plan. And it just exhausted Christina, so eventually she just went back to bed and said, I get out the hell with it. Do whatever you want. I don't care anymore. And that was the end of that. But it was, a, it was an amusing, um, amusing day. Mm. So that's the, the story. Well, I'm, I'm glad I brought that up because I think just that whole idea of her, in a way, having a daughter Right? So she had that opportunity. I mean, it was different, but it was still, yeah. she brought that into her life. So wasn't mm-hmm. that great? And they, they uh, it, Joy was down there last year. I went back for the anniversary of Christina's death, and I spent, uh, you know, I was there for February 1st. I spent a month there, and Joy was there again, and taking care of the place, and still running it as a bed and breakfast. Obviously, this year, with the pandemic, not so, so much, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so that that so Joy is a very important character in the book, and yep. she, I mean, she's a real life person, and everything is true. There's not a word that I embellished, mm-hmm. or expanded, or you know you tried know, to make more than it was. Yes, you know? speaking of speaking of all this and the pandemic and love and loss and how they're kind of the two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, how do you relate this to the pandemic, and how can you? What you what would you say to people, Cynthia, who've lost loved ones during this pandemic, whether they've lost them totally or whether they've been sick or whether they've, you know, really suffered during yeah. this pandemic? What would I say? My first, I'm actually pretending right now that, you know, there are some people who, are, who have lost and are listening. And I would say, I can't. I mean, I'm choking up now. I can't even imagine your pain. And uh, the, the, the hole in the heart that is left when someone we love is no longer in physical form. Um, and as I reflected in the book, and it is so much more applicable today with the pandemic, the loss of the senses is what I believe we grieve the most when someone we love dies. We miss seeing them, hearing them, touching them. We miss being able to envelop our senses in them, with them. 
And so the hole in the heart has to be filled by something else. Mm-hmm. Nothing will ever erase the grief. And if it was a parent or a child, even, I, I, I'm not going to qualify, love is love is love. It doesn't matter what the relationship was blood-wise. If you lost someone at any time, for any reason, even apart from this horrible pandemic we're in, you probably, in order to survive, had to find a purpose within it. Now, how do we find a purpose within a pandemic? How do we find a purpose to the, excuse me, but I live in Canada, what the utter stupidity of the rollout, the way the United States uh, administers the leadership has handled the entire pandemic from January on. Hmm. My family is unable to travel to Canada. We own property there. We have a, a, I spent the entire summer on an island alone because my family cannot cross the border because of the ineptitude of the way. So I'm not going to say that the pandemic death, anybody who died from, from this pandemic, if you're going to try mm-hmm. and find a purpose in that pain, you've got to get beyond the sense of outrage. Mm-hmm that it even mm-hmm. happened. Because I did not have this outrage, you see. My friend died, but this was her third rodeo with cancer. Mm-hmm. She made the decision not to fight it. She said, this is it. I'm done. I'm going to go out this way, and I'm going to have quality of life, not quantity, and that's okay. So there was no outrage I needed to get past in order to find a purpose to my own pain mm-hmm. and transform it into, well, this book. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you just—go ahead. ahead. What were you going to? No, go ahead. Those out there listening, go ahead. Then I'll say what I was going to say. You know, if and I read, I go on Twitter every so often. I read what I never very rarely post, but I do read some of these, you know, stories that just tug on your heartstrings. Of you know, my mom died today. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's a hole in my life that will never be filled, and I want to say to them, you know, find some way after the appropriate grieving period and whatever that is, and you can't put a time uh, limit on grief, you know, people take as long as it takes. And I think that one of the greatest levers that you can use to, you know, like you're stuck in the mud, get that board underneath the wheel and get your car moving again mm-hmm. out of the morass of the grief mm-hmm. is to find, is find some way either to honor them, the person, do something in their memory, and find a way to uh, get up and move because the grief will eat you alive. And here we are, you know, indoors in the winter. Uh, you got to find a purpose to the pain because if you do not, and it may seem purposeless, you know, my mom died of COVID alone in a hospital. I get mm. it. I, I'm not seeing my mother. She's down in Tennessee. She called me three days ago. Please, if I pay for your airfare, you come. She's 90. I don't know how many more Christmases I will have with her, and I had to tell her, Mom, you're in a state with a 30% positivity rate. Mm. I'm not traveling by airplane anywhere, let alone to Tennessee. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And she gets it, but she oh. doesn't. She's lonely. 
Yeah, of course. So if we can't find a purpose to this, it will begin to, to eat us up now. That's a perfect, um, yeah. I don't know if yeah. you need to take Let a break, me, but that's a well, perfect no. transition. Well, we are going to take a break in a minute, but I want to comment on what you said, because I think, I mean, this is what I have seen in my own life, not so much with COVID, but with other things that have been very traumatic. That, yeah. you know, when you get through what you absolutely think you can't get through, and you get to the other side, there is... There's like this, it's, it, I don't know, I'm just explaining from my own perspective. For me, it's like this whole new world opens up. It's almost like you've, you've gotten out of the mud. You've actually gotten out, and once you wipe yourself off, it's like there's a whole new world. There's a lot of gratitude. There's a lot of understanding yeah. and appreciation of what is now happening that you couldn't even think of before because you were so immersed in the absolute grief and terror and anger and shame or whatever it is you're immersed in. Yeah. And so yeah. that yeah. for me is the is the gift and the blessing. It's not it's horrible to go through. But um, for me there has been that other side. And I think you're bang on again. Uh, it, it, we don't know the level of our own strength until we get tested. And I do believe, I was raised in an affluent, um, an affluent level. And one of the things the pandemic has done is, is, and I, you know, I have pierced that bubble many, many uh, decades ago and made changes in my life. And, you know, that's what this pandemic did, though, was open up my eyes to some of the, and the Freddie Gray thing and all of that. I've never had to have a conversation with my two sons about what to do with their hands and what clothes to wear as they go out the house because I'm afraid they might get killed by police. Never had to have any of those kinds of conversations because I'm white. I've never had to worry about where my next meal is coming from because mm-hmm. even if I couldn't pay my own bills, I had people in my life who would help me. Right, right. Yeah. And I think. That's the kind of stuff we're being invited to take the time to look at, and it's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. The basic, the basic things, food, food, clothing, and shelter. We're going to take a break, but really, Cynthia, think about food. I never thought about food before. You go to the store, you get your food. Now you go to the store and you think, oh, my God, there are thousands of people lined up that don't have food, and, oh, maybe I better be a little more careful and make sure I don't waste this food. Never thought about food in the same way that I do now. So I I think, you know, there is an awakening with this. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back for our final segment with incredible Cynthia Barlow, and she is a leadership coach, facilitator, and author of several books, including co-author of the international best-selling book, Resilience, it's not about bouncing back. And we've been talking about resilience. Her new book is Four Fridays with Christina, Lessons Learned by Letting Go. And so we'll be back with Cynthia Barlow. What is your uh, your website? Is ccbarlow.com? Yep. They can type that in. It's easier to remember because it's my name, Cynthia C. Barlow. So ccbarlow.com, is, okay. it will take you to my website of C3 Conversations, which is my business uh, and the books and things like that you can find out but but they're all on Amazon so I, I okay. just do it through Amazon I'm not all selling right. them myself alright thanks so much we'll be right back with Cynthia Barlow with Four Fridays with Christina and we'll talk about love and loss we'll talk about the subtitle lessons learned by letting go and what does it mean to let go we'll be right back 
Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mac. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every week for Making Action Happen, hosted by Sarah Blackhurst. The program takes you inside Action 22, a Colorado-based community outreach organization established in 1999. The show focuses on public policies, both politically driven or not, which have ongoing and immediate impact on the Colorado community and the world. It doesn't matter where you are, you can make action happen. Listen Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 1 p.m. Mountain Time on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone we are back i'm patricia raskin And welcome to the final segment today of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. I have really um, an amazing guest and and a timely topic and one that's uh, really important. My guest is Cynthia Barlow, and her new book is Four Fridays with Christina, Lessons Learned by Letting Go. And it's an amazing memoir. It was inspired by the passing of a dear friend taken by cancer. And Cynthia Barlow explores the nature of love and loss in life and death in this irreverently moving memoir. It's an uplifting story, and Four Fridays will really help you feel more invigorated and grateful for your life. Cynthia is a leadership coach, facilitator, and author of several books, including co-author of the international best-selling Resilience, It's Not About Bouncing Back. Welcome back, Cynthia. Thank you. All right. All right. Let's talk about the subtitle of this book, Four Fridays with Christina. Subtitle. Lessons learned by letting go. We hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, let go. Just let go. You'll be fine. What does that really mean, Cynthia? I think it's far bigger than just the physical. At one level, I was talking about letting go of my best friend, letting go of the fact that she isn't alive anymore, letting go uh, of having her, right? But there are all kinds of levels of letting go, letting go of past grudges, letting go of future hopes, letting go of the regret, 
of who you never became. You know, I work with a lot of people, and I have a, a very active coaching business, and I, I, I work with a lot of successful people. And what I hear constantly, no matter their age, and most of them are of an age now because, you know, they're higher up in companies, late 40s, 50s, even into their 60s, they all still have pieces of themselves they wish they had spent more time developing. It might be the guitar they gave up, or it might be they always intended to write a book and they haven't got to it, but they're carrying these little bags of regret. They're not big regrets. They're not the you know, death-defying kind of regrets. They're the kinds of things that eat us up from the inside and kill our spirit over time and develop, instead of being empowered by possibilities, they become embittered by the lack of what they perceive as the possibilities remaining for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I work a lot with people in helping them embrace and let go of what they think they should have been mm-hmm. or the way it should have been. So as I think, you know, and segue here into the pandemic, all of us, every person on the planet right now, we've had our warning shots across the bow. We mm-hmm. had our warning shots decades ago about climate change, about the economy, about our leadership positions. I mean, we've had lots of, uh, you know, get ready, it's coming. And we didn't. Not, it, we've just become complacent. So I think uh, as the world right now would be well served to let go of what they think normal is and how we are going to get back to it. We will never go back to the way it was prior to this pandemic. Mm-hmm. There will be I say that day, a lot. You know? I say that yeah. a lot in my webinars. Before Corona runs. Now, new, you and I are normal. old enough. Mm. You and I are old enough to remember running for a plane, no security uh, checking. You could run right up to your gate if you had your ticket and run right onto the plane. You know, with the door, oh, we were waiting for you. That ain't the way, and it will never be that way again. Uh, I remember the smoking section in airplanes, <laughs> okay, in the back of the plane. These, the world has changed. We're never going back. We are never going back. This is a before and after. And so what will we make of the, wo- the world going forward? And the, it, it, I think it's alive with possibilities of the kinds of communities that Christina created for herself. With fresh foods, we're seeing many people uh, seem to be returning to that kind of thinking, yeah. you know. So I I think this whole notion of letting go also has to do with letting go, and the biggest one is being right. Mm. Almost yeah. everyone I know has a problem with, with letting go of being right. Of You yeah. know, they, they need to let people know when they've been wrong. Yeah. Even if somebody comes back and apologizes, they'll say, yeah, but, you know, this is the truth. No, 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 you know. We just need to let go of being right about the way things should be and go with the way things, with the way we want them to be. This is an incredible opportunity to create um, out of the void, you know, and well, one and of my I, favorite I think, quotes. Go ahead, and then I want to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, and then I'll pass it off, because you'll like this. Uh, Chuck Ramo wrote uh, a book whose title I'm, uh, it's escaping me right now, but he said, he said, uh, silence is the element 
in which great things fashion themselves together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we've been given, is this time of, if you will, metaphoric silence, in which to fashion together a reweaving of our own lives. For example, taking more care with the food I purchased. You right. brought that up. Or the right. food that I eat, or the food yeah. that I throw away, or exactly. the food that I share. Well, that's just one way to rethink it. Yeah, and I think what happens, because I'm doing webinars daily on these topics uh, in, for companies, and, you know, for a lot of yeah. people, they see the gratitude and they make the changes, but I think where people get stuck is they don't see the opportunity, they only see the loss, and so yeah. the loss perpetuates itself. And we've got two choices, Cynthia. You know, we can either see the, the, the black or the white, the dark or the light, Right. And very simply. And there's always light. I mean, what about the what about the Auschwitz and and uh, and Holocaust survivors? What about people yeah. like, um, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., who was, uh, you know, practically killed when he was fighting? I mean, what about Nelson Mandela? What about these people that have been through yeah. horrific things and have come out stronger and made a difference? So it's a choice. I, I mean, it's a choice. I believe everything is a choice, and I also believe the character is um, underutilized um, these days, that we forsake character for profit, for um, convenience, and for, you know, the middle-of-the-road kind of thinking. People don't want to take a stand because they don't want to piss someone else off. You've got to. You've got to at this point in, this, in our development of human history, I think. It's imperative. Well, we won't make it another hundred years. That's just, those are the realities, and people don't want to really, really look at that. Well, you and I, I will think, be dead. <laughs> I think, you know, we've so. been given a wake-up call. There's a wake-up call here. So, you know, we've been, the, the, some really negative, hard things have been put in front of us, so we can all see it. We can all see behaviors. We can all see actions. And so, you know, it's, you either rise to the occasion or you don't. And I think that we have done that. We've looked at things and we've said, no, we want something yeah, different. I would agree with that. You know, we want kindness. We want honesty. We want, um, you know, we want to value things that are internal, not just external. And so um, I and think the pandemic, as well as other things that have been going on, have made that difference. Yeah. Sometimes we learn as a, as a race. I'm talking, you know, as a human species. We learn, yep. it seems, best through pain. When we make a mistake, we go, I won't do that again. You know, if it hurts really bad, oh, I'm not going to do that. We learn through pain, and we learn through this process in life of, you know, getting out, dust ourselves off, and keep going. And I have a feeling that there are those who have made the choice somewhere along the line just to, it's too hard, I don't want to try anymore. Well, we've become kind of um, complacent, I think. A lot of people, um, we've gotten used to our microwaves, and, you know, we don't have to work hard. We don't have to grow our food. We don't have to, uh, remember the days when without cell phones? You and I, we, we grew up without cell phones. You had to write letters and things like that. <laughs> so, uh, people now are starting to experience the pain of lack, and oftentimes that is what uh, brings to the forefront what's really important. Right? The bar relief is, oh my gosh, 
maybe I don't need to have fill-in-the-blank on stock in my house. Maybe what I really need is to share that with my neighbor who doesn't have any. I think it's going to bring us back to, and unfortunately, it is through the persona. Don't forget, I do live in Toronto. I do stay abreast of the U.S. news, but I get my news um, from worldwide sources as opposed to some of the more myopic uh, right-wing things in the States. And, and, and unfortunately, and I'll just say, you know, Trump has been in a, 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 an infection. The entire world has been infected and so the, it's no different than the pandemic, and which I find very interesting that it should come in his last year of, of, of his administration. Mm. Yeah. And that he should fail so miserably at it when he had a chance. But the point is that we are all learning. Yes, we want return to kindness. Why? Because we're experiencing unkindness. Yeah. So right now, yeah. the entire world is experiencing what it doesn't want, if you will, on one level, spiritual level, might we might say, in order to really get clear on what we do want. Mm-hmm. What do and we so that, really but want? I think that's the lesson. That's the lesson, and that's where we too. have an opportunity to really grow, to really grow, and to really make a difference, and to do it differently. You know, I think we all have that chance. What do you want people to get from your book? What's your message? What's your message? What, you know, what's the takeaway? I take think the away? bottom line. The bottom line is peace, as in P E A C E. Peace internally is possible when one applies purpose to the pain of the existence we have experienced thus far. There's not a single person with whom I've or, or lived or loved who hasn't experienced tremendous trauma in one form or another. It doesn't be you know I got. Raped. It doesn't need to be. I got uh, mugged. It can just be that I was denied love by my mother. It doesn't matter. We've all experienced trauma, or you know, internalized it as such. And from that, if we can take it and say, you know, I want to write a new story. I want to take the same ingredients of my life, and I'm going to write a new story for it, and not keep cooking this same old crappy stew that has left me feeling angry about what I didn't get, how I got cheated by life, or whatever. And if we take that and turn it around, those are the stories that inspire us, the people who hit rock bottom and come back, right? Those are the stories that light up nations. Um, You know, and I'll end on this because I'm reading a book right now, uh, The Book of Joy by Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. You mentioned the Dalai Lama. Well, Desmond Tutu has experienced much, much pain in, uh, in his life, as has the Dalai Lama. And both of them say that peace is only possible and shows up as joy on the outside, but mm-hmm. peace on the inside. When one is at peace, like Christina was when she died, I cleaned it all up. <laughs> I've yeah. put everything in place. I've made sense of the way it went, and I'm okay with it. When we mm-hmm. reach that place, and we don't have to wait till we're dead, right? We don't have to wait that long. When we reach that place and embrace peace, joy comes flowing out, and who has time for war yeah. at that point? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's very true, that? and sometimes we have to, it's the dark night of the soul. It really is. You know, yeah. I think that's yeah, what yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah. Cynthia, how can people find your book? 
Oh, they can go to Amazon and type in Four Fridays with Christina because I'm not big enough yet just to be able to get there with just the word four. Okay. <laughs> so, four Fridays is in the numeric okay. four. And it okay. is available now in print, e-version, and audio. And I did the audio myself, so I'm pretty proud of that. And a couple of people have wonderful. Well, so uh, that's what I want to hear. I want I want to hear the audio book, and I will certainly listen. Listen, it was wonderful to have you on again. Your insights, your wisdom, always, always yeah, a pleasure, my friend. Really wonderful. Yeah, stay on the line for a minute. Thank you so much, Cynthia. And again, people, okay. the the book is Four Fridays with Christina. And it's Lessons Learned by Letting Go. And you can log on to ccbarlow.com or go to Amazon for the book as well. All right, everyone. Again, thank you, Christina. Christina, I'm calling you Christina now. Well, (laughs) yeah, I know. I know. That's all right. We've known each other 15 years. It's okay. (laughs) Well, they're both two C's. Yeah. All right. Yeah, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Um, If you would like to contact me or hear about all the wonderful guests we have on each week, just write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com, and I'll put you on my email newsletter list that goes out once a month. You can also like me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. And if you've been listening to these podcasts and other podcasts and you think you may want to have your own podcast, contact me. That's one of the things I do is I help people put their own podcast together since I've interviewed about 5,000 people in my career and would love to help. All right. And so, again, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Everyone, happy, happy holidays. We are in right now we're in 2020, even though the show is evergreen. So um, it's December of 2020. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, whatever your holiday is. And um, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin, and until next year, bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.